Hey, can you hear me okay? I can hear you. I'm going to turn you up, though. All right. Uh, there you I, go. I think I can hear you perfectly. Well, good morning on my end, but uh, thank you for talking with me. You're listening to Down the Rabbit Hole podcast on 98.3 KMWV, Salem, Oregon's community radio station. And then, like, if you're on the inter- interwebs like everybody else, too, you can, you know, on Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Um, so, again... Um, Thanks again for coming and having a chat with me. I know this is hey, kind no of problem. a my this pleasure. Is, this is really cool. This is, I mean, this is very cool. When Lisa reached out to me and she was like, "Do you want to do this?" I was like, "Yeah." Let's, I mean, that's who would not do this, <laughs> you know? And it's cool that I can like do what I want to do and do how I want to do. And you know, shout out to her and the radio station really quick. They let me do what I want and I get away with it, and I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Know? Yeah, yeah. I think it's cool too. And uh, really quick, freedom, I mean, man, freedom. Exactly, exactly, a hundred percent. Can you let us know who you are and why this conversation is so important? Okay, well, my name—I just hit my computer. My name is Steve Fawson, <laughs> and I am the original bass player and co-founder of the group Heart, mm-hmm. that has, uh, you know, made some famous records over the years. Okay, modest, but just a couple, right? Yeah, even a couple. <laughs> and then, and now I have a band called Heart by Heart, uh-huh. which also features a, an original member, Mike DeRozier, on drums. Uh-huh. So you have the original uh, rhythm section from the group Heart that made all those famous records back in the, uh, you know, back there in the, you know, a couple years ago. Anyway, uh, in the 1900s. <laughs> yeah, for so for people that uh, un that followed heart you know what the year was for people that don't it was probably longer ago than you want to remember anyway and and, and the thing is because i you know it's so weird because it's like we're in 2022 but the music that you guys made and the music that you continue to make is timeless yes that's true and And when you you look at when you look at genres like hip hop and rap, which I feel like, in my own opinion, is still it's an it, it's it's very immature. It's in its infancy. It it hasn't elevated. You know what I'm saying? And I love it. But then, like you guys, what you did, I can listen to it in 40 years from today, and it's still relevant today. Um, how do you do that? <laughs> well, uh, back when we were recording uh, our first debut album, which was Dreamboat Annie. Uh-huh. Our producer, Mike Flicker, who happened to produce uh, six more albums after that for Heart, he said, he would say every day in the studio, I want you guys to play this as good as you can today because you're going to be listening to it for the rest of your life. Mm. And I went, okay, well, I'm going to try to do as good as I can. And I hope you're right, but I don't know if you're right or not. But obviously he was. And, you know, we have to take our hats off to classic radio that keeps playing the heart music to this day. I mean, all around the world right now, someone is listening to heart on the radio. And it's one of those things that's like whether you 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 do see it everywhere. And it's been like even when it when when you hear like some some of the music in like commercials and people are like it's commercialized and things, but you still hear it. I think the bad part is when they forget about you but y'all haven't been forgotten that's the thing and even like to this day it's still very like i said very relevant very timeless and the groove doesn't stop right yeah well you know what 
so we were children of the 70s. Mm-hmm. And in the 70s is when all the the important, you know, late 60s and 70s is when all the important groups in our genre, in the rock genre, were making excellent, excellent, timeless records. And we knew that if we had to compete and, and get our foot in the door to uh, be recognized, we had to do something that was extraordinary. And, that, and that's what we tried to do with Dreamboat Annie. And everything else we did too. Well, and, and with that, how, roughly, I mean, if you're comfortable with it, but how old were you when that project came out? Just like so the time frame. <laughs> well, I was. <laughs> I met Mike Terosier when I was 25, and we uh, the first thing we did was record uh, tracks for the Greenboat Annie. And so you you were a, a young man in that time, yeah. and you were I was like 25 years old. Mike was 23, and. Uh, you know, it, that's, it was, you know, I wish I would have had a, an important album when I was younger, but, you know, I'll take 25. I'll take it. <laughs> okay. I'm, and I, I got to stop you on that. Cause like, if you think about it, like, I guess I was thinking about, I'm 30 now. Right. And a lot of the things I did in my twenties don't matter anymore. I feel like I'm getting a lot more traction in my thirties and my late twenties to in the last year or two to now. Uh, and then especially now having a kid and like, it makes me want to work harder. Do you think that that age is a, like as corny as it sounds, people are like age does matter. It does give you that experience and that like um, that universal knowledge of like being better. Well, we, you know, we just, um, I started playing when I was 15. So I made my first million selling record when I was 25. So it took me 10 years to get it all together. But in the, during those 10 years, I mean, it takes a lot of, uh, you know, you're, you're listening, you're learning, you're trying to project, uh, you know, absorb into your mind exactly what it takes to make a seamless, timeless, you know, beautiful uh, music that, that will last forever. And back in those days, I mean, the crowds and the, and the radio audiences were very particular about what they listened to and they wanted to hear something that was deeper than just notes on a record they wanted to hear some uh some some deep playing and some deep thoughts and uh, that's what we provided and how was it like it's i feel like it's a bunch of puzzle pieces that just worked and it happened your piece is a very important key as far as being bass and his is very important for being drums but like how did you come into this picture where like where how what was the meeting like were you guys you guys been friends for your whole lives or did you guys just come into this project and then build a relationship well uh heart had been around since 1969 roger Mm -hmm. fisher and i started the band when we were in high school Mm -hmm. and uh so he'd, we'd been playing around and we had made quite a reputation for ourselves, but our drummers uh, weren't acceptable to uh, um, Mike Flicker, our producer. So we had to keep looking for drummers. And Mike DeRozier came to see our band when we played a club here in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And we knew he was coming. And so, you know, we met and we talked and we talked about our philosophy of drums and bass and, and all that kind of stuff. And we just hit it off and, and, you know, it, our band was uh, pretty popular at the time as a, as a club act, as a, you know, live act to see in, in uh, 
you know, for people that were drunk and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we, you know, we hit it off and, and, and then we, you know, we enjoy the same type of music and we have the same kind of philosophy about rock and, and uh, you know, what, what we think rock should accomplish when it, when it played live and all that kind of stuff. So, but with a, with a rock band, you can't have, like there were six people in our band at the time. So you can't have six extroverts and you can't have six introverts. It's got to be some introverts, some extroverts, and then everything in between. And that creates that chemistry that, uh, that people pick up on. Because mm-hmm. if everybody in, is trying, is, in the band is trying to be this, then you're t- so distracted by everything, you can't concentrate on anything, in my opinion. So does that we, cause a yeah. rift? Because there's a bunch of it's a bunch of like heads, a bunch of like strong, powerful people like get into a room. Like, do you cause any rifts with each other? Was there a lot of well, like you can be a powerful introvert, but you have to to you know you kind of have to give yourself up a little bit for the good of the the band. Mm, okay. And and I'm not you know I never really enjoyed people. uh running around the stage as much as other people do. I, I enjoy watching a person get up there and play their instrument with focus and intensity and excellence. And that, that, that's what makes a difference to me. And my heroes at the time were uh, Paul McCartney, of course, who, you know, he, he put on a good show, but he didn't run around the stage. Mm, and then right. Bill Wyman, who, you know, he was the bass player in with, Mick Jagger, probably the best rock showman in the history of, of rock and roll, or one of the best anyway. So if he did his part, Mick did his part, everybody does their part, and it all fits together, then people pick up on that chemistry. And if, uh, and if there's too many chiefs and not enough Indians, they don't like it. And if there's too many Indians and not enough chiefs, they don't like that either. So you got to have a blend of all this stuff, and it all comes together. And that's what creates the chemistry and charisma that people pick up on. And that's why people love, you know, the original heart band. And that's why the original heart band with Roger, uh, Howard, Mike DeRozier, myself, Anna and Nancy all got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2013. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's one other thing, because like, Looking at it now, 2013 was almost a decade ago. So, like, time is passing, and you again, you're. I, I guess the theme of today is you are timeless. How does it feel to be encapsulated in in in? in you're going to be remembered forever. You guys are going to be remembered forever. Like, is that a weird, like, ego trip for you? No, it's. I don't think it's ego, but it's, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful that we made uh, we. Everything came together. We had a good producer. We had a good record company. We had a good band. We had everybody in the band, you know, played their parts and did their did their uh, um, due diligence and did everything as as well and as precise as possible. And 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 it all worked out. And you know, it doesn't happen for a lot of people. And I've known a lot of musicians that were my friends that were fantastic musicians, fantastic. Uh, musical knowledge and all that kind of stuff. And they just never got that chance to, to play with other people that they really, you know, that 
complimented them and they complimented the other people. And so, and that's what it's all about. You, you play in a band where, you know, okay. So I'm playing with Nancy Wilson, mm-hmm. great guitar player, Roger Fisher, great guitar player, Howard Lease, great guitar player, uh, Mike DeRozier, great drummer. And of course, Ann Wilson, probably one of the best female rock singers or not just or just plain not even female or male just one of the best rock singers in the history of rock great vocalist and so if i had to be <laughs> i had to compliment everybody everybody's playing and everybody's singing at the same time and that you know that's not easy to do but at the same time when i was younger i that's what i concentrated on i wanted to come up with a a way of doing things that complemented the band and and uh, made the band sound great, but I didn't want to get in the way of all the other musicians that were playing in the band. And, and do you find that really hard to almost navigate? Because like you you kind of lead the groove, you lead everything next to drums. So it's like if you don't compliment, y'all are just gonna fumble. You know, yeah. there's that sense of pressure. Did you feel that pressure of trying to like compliment everybody? And then I guess, were you thinking you were going to make a hit record or were you just doing it just to do it? <laughs> well, like, you're, you- you're always, when we, when Roger and I put the band together, when we were in high school, we said, okay, we shook on it. Mm-hmm. My father's basement and his, his office in his basement, we shook, we said, okay, we're going to make this band and we're not going to stop till we make it. Mm-hmm. And so you just do whatever it takes, whatever it takes. If that's uh, screwing a, a, a light um, thing into a board so that you have a little bit of a light show with, with your set or whatever, you just do whatever you, you do. And then over the course of learning and listening to other bass players and see how their parts fit into the, to the mosaic of, of all the music, you, uh, you, you just realize that, okay, you know, and then you, you hear other people that are your peers around town and then you, you go see them and you see, okay, this guy here is overplaying. It's distracting. And I don't want to be distracting. So I kind of would say, okay, so I don't want to be like that. Then you hear this other musician over here and he's complimenting everybody in the band and you go, that's what I want to do. I want to make my part fit with the guitar part, fit with the drummer, fit with the, you know, the keyboards and the, and the singer and everything so that I'm heard and everybody appreciates what I'm playing, but I'm not distracting from the goal of the music, which is, you know, to make it great. And, and so while you were playing and you, you, you're making these great music, when was the moment, or do you remember the moment where it hits you, holy shit, we made something here? I exact. I remember the moment exactly. And like you knew it was gonna, like the traction was going up and it wasn't going to stop. Oh yeah, yeah. So we were playing at a club in Calgary, Alberta, uh-huh. and the club owner did not like us and he fired us on a Thursday night. And we were just like, "Oh my god, I've never been fired before in my whole life. This is mm-hmm. so weird." And we got back to the hotel and we were all like hanging our heads and just and. Mike and Howard, who were the latest members of the band, were going like, what the hell are we going to throw this in here? So, uh, and about an hour later, we got a call from the record company that said, hey, can you guys get out of your job this weekend? Because 
we want you to open up for Rod Stewart and the Faces in Montreal and Toronto. And we went, yeah, as a matter of fact. When was this? <laughs> we just got fired. This was 1970. Kind of had to be, had to be 70, late maybe the fall of 75. Okay. And uh, so we said, sure. And so, you know, we weren't really prepared to go on a road trip that far, but at, you know, we had no choice. So we jumped on a, a scenic cruiser train and we, we trained all across Canada and got to Montreal and uh, we got there a day early and we, you know, hung out and we got some crepes <laughs> like everybody does when they go to Montreal and uh and the next day we did our sound check with uh, at the stadium opening up for rod stewart and the faces which was like their their huge hockey stadium which you know is fifteen thousand mm-hmm. seater and uh we're thinking well wow, that's more seats than i've ever seen looked out on before so we were all excited about that and then the next day or that later on that day we uh, okay now it's time to go on stage so we walk on stage and you look out and it was kind of dark, but you could see that it was packed. You know, I mean, from the top of the, the stadium down to the floor, it was just packed with people. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, and ladies and gentlemen, here's heart. And we got a you know, polite little applause. And uh, our first song, which happened to be the very first song that I ever played on Dreamboat Annie. And it's the very first song that I ever heard myself on the radio play was Magic Man. Oh, okay. Okay. So we played magic man and the place went nuts. I mean, the, the, I never heard a roar that big because that was the first time we played in a stadium that big. And I got goose, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Just thinking about it, but I got goosebumps and I went, okay, here we, this is it. You know, we, we've, uh, something's going on here and I don't think we're going to be able to stop it anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And oh, especially with a record like that. Come on. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and when you're opening up for a group, you get to play like 45 minutes or whatever. And people loved every song we did. They, we, you know, and we were so happy when we got done because we, we, and we congratulated each other saying, Hey, you know, I, w- this is the first time we've ever played for 15,000 people and they loved us. And so from then on out, people loved the music from, from then on out. It was great. And, 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 and it, like I tell you, like, it, it feels like it's super timeless and, and, and it's just like, you can, I feel like you can do that now and get that same reaction because that record alone, Magic Man, if you just play that by itself, like the reaction is the same that probably when you did the first time, cause it's such an impactful record, you know what I mean? And so, uh, I guess, do you, do you, do you remember feeling like at a time period, you would see the the music kind of decline a little bit and then a resurgence with the different decades. And I guess I'm trying to refer to like, uh, like the mid two thousands when like guitar hero came out and then now we have people playing them on video games. So we're trying to reenact what you do, but now on a video game and now we have that. Do you remember that era? Yeah, I do. And you know, like a guitar hero, it's not really, it's not a guitar they're playing. It's, it's, right. a, it's a device that's shaped like a guitar, but has mm-hmm. totally different, uh, you know, theory and a way to uh, get accomplish what you need to accomplish on it. So it, it, you know, it's not a guitar, it's but it opens up the, the 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 
opens up your music to people who otherwise wouldn't have. Like, for example, like a lot of my friends would never have known for a lot of the music if they didn't have that. Yeah. Um, and so true. I think yeah. it's kind of cool how they different generations have a different way of finding music. So like in that early time, you had to go to a show to figure it out. What was going on? What, what, what are you doing? And then to like, now we have like social media, you just put it on YouTube or something. So I just, I think it's kind of interesting that you kind of see the different transitions of how younger generations discover you. Cause I can tell you right now, there's probably a 12 year old right now who just found out Dreamboat Annie and they're just like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Barracuda, you know, there's, so many kids, you know, once they pick up their guitar or the, I mean, Barracuda is a lick they have to do just like, you know, Satisfaction or, <laughs> you know, all the, the, a lot of songs from the 60s and 70s. It's just a song they have to learn to be to be considered, you know, valid. Do you um, so like in the, in the mid to late 60s, you had, the, you know, the Hendrix, Janis Joplin, everything, you know, Woodstock era. I'm going to call it the Woodstock era. Uh-huh. Um, you guys were kind of a little bit after that, right? Or were you? Yes, we so, were. We were so a were, after that. Were you considered like new wave? Well, it's hard. To, it's hard to say. I don't think new wave was a, a factor back then, but uh, we. Because you weren't in, you weren't in the time period, but you were just enough to like you could have been, but you're you're, been, yeah. you're in your own lane though. That's that's true. Yeah, we you know we weren't uh, we never went to San Francisco and, and got into that the San Francisco scene. We mm-hmm. stayed in Seattle, which you know Seattle had its own scene too, but it was different from California. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Vancouver uh, had a was a very spiritual place and and we had you know and you know and everything was part of it because the, the equipment that we used back then and the 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 instruments that we played were were the, the peak of of uh, development of you know the tube type boards and the um the instruments before they were you know like nowadays most guitars and, and basses and stuff have batteries in them to boost the tone um, capabilities. But back then it was the pinnacle of the analog instruments with two boards and two amps and all that kind of stuff. So if anything, it sounds more fuller and way more, uh, you can just rich, you can hear it. Um, yeah. especially, especially, I mean, I'm, I'm like a, like an audiophile in training kind of thing. So like, I think when you listen to music in stereo, it, it, it's great. But if you do have a band that like you listen to it the way it was intended to be listened to and the way it was recorded, I think there's so much more presence. And you guys are definitely part of that era where it's like the 60s were kind of like it was, it was good, but it was still like the, the, the production value was not there yet. It was almost still kind of like in its infancy. But then, well, like, you, yeah, because they were working with four tracks, eight tracks, mm-hmm. and then, but. But we recorded Dreamboat Annie on 16 track, mm. which is way low in today's standards. I mean, there's still had that I mean, fullness, though. Um, Pro Tools has 64 tracks you can choose from. <laughs> but so, so what you did, you had to plan every move you made, like the vocal track when she wasn't singing, like if there was a guitar break or a keyboard break or something, it would turn into like the cowbell track or the um, maracas or whatever needed to be 
put in there. Mm-hmm. And which, you know, and then the guitar track when he was not playing would turn into a, you know, maybe something else, who knows. But uh, so, and that's what George Martin did with the Beatles too. I mean, you, you've only got, you've got four tracks and you have to really plan every move that you make and to get all the instruments involved in the mix. Do you have a favorite song you love playing that you don't get annoyed playing? And do you also have a song that you kind of don't really care about? Not necessarily that you hate, but you're not a fan when people ask you about it. Well, the first, I got to say that I enjoy playing all the heart material. Mm-hmm. I, and, uh, but my, I've got a couple favorites, but probably the top favorite is uh, the one I told you about earlier, Magic Man, because mm-hmm. it's such a, such a great song for my career and for the career of heart. And oddly enough, it's one of the highest testing radio songs in the history of that because, and do you know what that is? Uh, no, explain it to me. It's when it comes on the radio and people don't tune out. Like sometimes a song will come on the radio and they'll change cha- channels to uh-huh. get to a different station or a gift, a different oh, song. Mm, I so see. when Magic Man comes on, it's one of those ones that people stick with it right to the end. Well, I consider it up there with like as recognizability up there with like even like Bohemian Rhapsodies and then like, um, you know, those up there. I, you, it's just recognizable. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's one of the more important things that that keeps it like ageless. Yeah. I don't, I'm just so I'm just so amazed on how you all have done this so long and it hasn't fizzled out. It almost feels like like. I, I see the Instagram and I see you guys' touring and everything. And it's just like, was this what it was like back in the day originally? <laughs> Less cell phones? Well, we, we, uh, the, our goal in playing it has always been the same. And, you know, and heart by heart, we encourage uh, Lizzie Damon and Chad Quist, our two guitar players, to, to play things as precisely and, and true to the original as possible. And they, they and they really do a great job at that and they're they're in you know they understand that that's when you play it that way that's what creates the nostalgia for the crowd that's out there Mm. and that's what people want i mean when you know when you go to a car show and you see an old 55 chevy it you know it just brings back those memories and 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 it's you, you see that it's in its you know it looks like it's in its prime but it's actually you know you know 55 60 years old but you're still, you're still like, wow, that's really cool. And that's what we want to create with Heart by Heart. It's just it's something that sounds uh, uh, original and true to the original, but it's done today. And, and, and that's our philosophy, too, when, we, when Heart by Heart plays, is we want our sound guy to recreate the, the soundscape of, of what it was like to see a concert in the 70s. And, and uh, I guess it's because that's a, a, that's a tall order. It's a really tall order. Um, so no, actually it's probably easier than trying to do what, what they're, you know, what, what bands do today. Cause oh, yeah? I mean, a lot of the bands, I mean, I'm not putting it down. I'm not knocking success. I love success. I think it's great. People love it. But a lot, the bands nowadays, they have, they're really heavy on the bass drum mm-hmm. and heavy on the snare and then heavy on the vocals and the rest of the instruments are kind of in the background, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
So at least now you, but you, you still try to have that richness and that fullness that like, it almost feels like you're putting it on a, on a like you're listening to a vinyl kind of thing and you have that, yeah. the way it was intended to be listened to. Exactly. And I remember back in the day when Hart first toured, we used all these JBL cabinets that were engineered by, you know, engineers instead of, and, and they were engineered for tone mm-hmm. instead of being light or convenient or easy to fly on the, uh, you know, on the trusses and all that kind of stuff. And so the boxes ended up being huge. You had to have a couple of semis just for the bass bins. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and it was great for me because being the bass player, you wanted, you wanted to hear all, you know, the laws of physics, you know, you can't, you can't deny the laws of physics. And, you know, so it takes a, a big deep cabinet with a lot of power to get that bass sounding the way it should be sounding. Can I ask you, uh, was it, did you go from heart then did heart by heart? Was there an in-between and what was that in-between if there was, or did you just oh, go Oh yeah, right there was it? some in-between stuff. Yeah. What did yeah. you, what was that time period like? Well, I played in a band that uh, was kind of like heart in the beginning where we played clubs and, uh, you know, and wrote songs and did covers. That's what Hart did in the beginning. And that was a lot of fun. And, you know, it was fairly successful. And we did a couple of tours of Japan and, you know, stuff like that. And uh, got some uh, interested interest from record companies in, in Los Angeles, but we never really got over that hump anyway, but it was still a lot of fun and it's a good experience. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then I took some time off and, and, uh, and then uh, a band called Alias that was from uh, Canada had Roger, Mike and I play um, with them. And we had, you know, we had some good success and we played like the Johnny Carson show with Johnny Carson, Carson and Jay Leno mm-hmm. and some other TV shows in the Los Angeles area. And we did uh, uh radio promo all across America with, you know, all the uh, up and coming acts at the time, you know, Wilson Phillips and the the Nelson brothers and all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we met Donny Osmond and, you know, David Cassidy and all that kind of stuff. And that was really fun too. It was a good experience. And then, and then we kind of drifted away from music and, and then I got very disillusioned with the, uh, music industry because you know they uh they uh i just got a weird thing on my there we go did you see that no i saw nothing i got a weird message from uh from uh, adobe saying hey you want to install adobe now and uh, <laughs> i'm busy yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh where was i um Okay. Yeah. So I just took some, I I was, you know, and that, and right when alias kind of ended is when the grunge thing happened in Seattle. That's where I'm from. What year was that? Roughly. I was like nineties, 91, 92, right in that range. Okay. And so, and then I just had a blast going downtown and seeing all the, um, you know, Pearl Jam, Mm -hmm. uh, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, you know, all these bands that, and I would just go to a club and see them. And it was really fun. I really had a great time. And, but 
um, I got to the point where I was kind of getting burned out on that whole scene because, you know, there's a lot of drinking involved and other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided that uh, I wanted, I got out of it. And then I became like, uh, I decided, hey, you know, I've, there's all these, in Washington state, there's all these beautiful mountains that surround us. You know, there's the Olympic Peninsula, there's the Cascades, there's, we've got Mount Baker, Mount Rainier, and, and other, you know, volcanoes around. So I thought, I want to see what they're like. So I became uh, a mountaineer, and I took mountaineer classes and learned oh, how to yeah? the ropes, and, and I learned how to, uh, you know, dress properly for winter and all that kind of stuff, and so I, you know, I, I would hike like crazy in the summer and then in the winter we'd snowshoe and cross country ski. And we'd take, you know, we'd pack our tents on our back and we'd go, you know, five, six miles into the woods and camp and set up our tents. And you just went full on mountain man on us, huh? Yeah, I went full on mountain man. And, and I did some rock climbing with some, some folks and I, you know, I enjoyed it. I really liked it, but I decided that rock climbing was not my forte. Mm-hmm. and and you quickly realize that one little mistake when you're rock climbing is uh could be catastrophic anyway so but so i just became like a hiker and a and a, a backpacker which was really fun and i did that for you know from 96 until probably 2010 and that's oh, wow. when i met actually i met summer uh when i was in 2008 but by 2010, we were uh, a couple, mm-hmm. and you know, Summer is the lead singer in our band, Summer Masick, and we became, you know, uh, an item. And we've since been married, but that's a, but that's beside the point, really. But anyway, <laughs> so once we got started with the playing music again, I just didn't have time to go up to the mountains. And I, Do you miss it? You know, I can see the mountains out my out this window. Uh-huh. But uh, I'm and I miss them a lot. But um, I, I just don't have time. I and mean, we're so busy with Heart by Heart. And this summer, especially, we're very grateful that that Heart by Heart has has been has caught on so well all across America. And uh, in the fall, and at the end of October, we're going to go on the Kiss cruise. Down, we're going to catch the boat in Los Angeles, and we're going to sail to Cabo. And then on the way back, we're going to stop in Ensenada. And there's, you know, a bunch of other bands on the, the, that we're going to meet and get to share the stage with down there. Kiss being one of them, but we probably won't share the stage with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but I guess anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. I think you, and you came at a perfect time, too, if anything. Like, with everything being rehashed or remade or the nostalgia factor, I think that's most important for media um you see a lot of people wanting especially with the last three years we want before the the bc area before covid times and you know a lot of people search for that high and i think like like what you're doing is providing a service for people not just a night out you're providing people that nostalgia of just like a time period you know and you're providing them that service of like when things weren't the way they are yeah and i think it's perfect timing honestly yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I can see it when we we just we played a, a, a pretty big show for Fourth uh, of July here in the Seattle area, uh-huh. and before that, the weekend before that, we were in Utah playing a, a show there, an outdoor show there, and you can just see it in the crowd. They're just hungry to hear, you know, musicians that really know how to play their instrument, really know how to play together, and really know how to make that sound, and but still interact with each other and have a show. But the main thing is making the music sound right and be presented right. So what year did you guys officially call heart by heart a thing? When did you make it a thing? When did it turn from an idea to like, let's tour and let's do this. Okay. I'll give you that story. Yeah. So, uh, so when summer and I first got together, we would, you know, just around the house or whatever, or the apartment we would, I'd play bass and she would sing and people kind of look, hey, well, that's kind of cool. And so people would say, Hey, can you guys do a couple songs after, you know, at a dinner party? Sure. We'll do a couple songs. Do they know who you are or are you just kind of like very low? Key oh yeah. Something? Everybody knows. Who okay. I am. Okay. I brag it up all the time. <laughs> Perfect. No, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, people know that, you know, I was the original bass player in heart and everything. So, uh, and then, um, so we just kept learning songs and learning songs. And then after a while, people heard about it. And so we started getting invited to jam nights and we get hired at bistros and different things and like that. And then a person in uh, Anchorage, Alaska that we knew that had book bands that uh, I played in before um, called me up and said, Hey, I got um, Dwight Yoakam's coming to Anchorage and I want you guys to open up for him. Mm. And so Summer and I, we went, yeah, we'd love to. And then we thought about it for a minute. We went, wow, gosh, a duo, just bass and, and vocal. I don't think that's going to work, you know, in a big show like that. So we said, let's see if we can get a guitar player and a drummer. So we called up Randy Hansen. I don't know if you know who Randy Hansen is, but he's a Hendrix artist. And he goes, he goes to Europe and he tours America as a Hendrix, you know, impersonator. Mm, okay, he's, okay. And he's a really great guitar player. And he just, he said yes, and then we asked Mike DeRozier too to be the drummer, and he said yes too. So we put together a set. We got all ready to go to Anchorage, and then Dwight canceled. No the show. hesitance at all. Everyone was like on board right away. Yeah. Mm. And then so Dwight canceled the show, and but we were still having fun. We said, well, you know, if we if you got time, let's rehearse every once in a while. And so we did. And then some folks that uh, that that Summer had played uh, uh, softball with one of their moms had breast cancer. So she put on a benefit for the Susan G. Coleman breast cancer awareness. Mm-hmm. And they asked us to play as, as her. And, and, oh, and during the time that we were a duo, uh, we were trying to come up with a name and we wanted heart in the name. And we thought of all these things and, and everything that we thought of was already, the do- domain was already taken. Mm-hmm. And we thought, oh, geez, how are we going to do this? And then one day, uh, Summer said, how about heart by heart? Mm. Because it's your heart and her heart. We're, our hearts are together. We're singing and playing together and we love each other. And so, and that's where that heart by heart came about. Mm. And then when we got uh, Mike and, and Randy to play with us, we just kept that name. Because it, it means a lot, really, and especially to us. And, uh, you know, and then things go as, you know, because uh, Randy was a uh, uh, Hendrix artist, he had lots of gigs too. But for the first three or four years, 
he we could balance his gigs and our gigs together. But then we got so busy and he got so busy that we had to um, find some other guitar players. So we got uh, Chad Quist. And while Randy was still in the band, we actually, um, uh, in 2013 is when Lizzie Damon um, joined the band. And, you know, we, and we've always enjoyed playing with her and, you know, we have that chemistry with all of us together and, and uh, everybody understands like what I was talking about before, how you, everybody has to fit their part into the thing and not stand, you know, we want you to stand out, but not too much. If you stand out too much, then it's distracting, like I said. So, but we don't discuss that. It's just come, it's everything's organic that comes about with heart by heart most things anyway so um that's and and then once you 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 have a band then you make a website and then of course the website can be plugged into anywhere and somebody types in oh mike trozier what's he doing now and he's oh he's got a band called heart by heart so then we started getting hired on the east coast and uh you know one thing led to another and we and booking agents from around the country heard about us and started booking us and so here, here we are and you've been just solidly touring since then huh because well yeah. we'd like to tour more solid but i mean we do we every year we do quite a bit of show quite a few shows so it's fun and and because you have the name heart by heart and then you have hearts just heart is there no tension or beef or anything or is it like hey like is it all love between the two entities? <laughs> well, you know, we appreciate and, and, uh, and like Anne a lot. She actually, inv- Anne invited Mike and Summer and I to, uh, and Lizzie to her show that was here in Seattle last fall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and after the show, we all got together and spoke a little bit and it was, you know, it was all very nice and cordial and, great and and i've heard ann say that 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 you know they said what do you think about mike and steve playing all the heart songs mm-hmm. and she said you know if that makes them happy i'm happy for them so you know that's bold i mean that's cool because like I, you would think a lot of people would be like a, like mean in that situation because it's like I, i'm not saying i'm trying to fish for problems but like I, I figured like there'd be a little bit of tension because of the the legacy and then you guys doing your own thing almost like a middle finger to the original legacy well no yeah it's not that at all we because we just want to present the music in the way you know because we have our own style and our own uh, goals and everything mm-hmm. and we we understood that ann and nancy they have a little bit different take on the, the heart material and they and they they want to put in you know newer songs besides the the heart material that was popular back in the seventies and eighties. And we're just happy playing the the songs from the seventies and eighties makes us, you know, that's what people want to hear. And, you know, when we, Mike and I, when we look at our royalty statements, you can tell what songs are popular and what songs are not just by looking at the, uh, you know, what's, you know, your roster is a lot more yeah. popular. I'm going to tell you that right now. Boy, I'm going to tell you right now, that roster that you have on your checklist, a lot more popular, especially whether you're a longtime fan or just a child who just found out music. 
it's a pretty impressive yeah. roster which you have yeah i mean we, we look at the songs that are popular and we you know and we kind of numbers kinda don't lie <laughs> concentrate on those and you know that makes sense for us and we try to give the audience what they want to hear and what's going to make them feel the the nostalgia like i said earlier but there's no no problems no tip you guys love each other either way both entities i we love them <laughs> they act like they love us so <laughs> we're fine with it I mean, as long as they're cordial, you know what I mean? Like, I guess if you feel some type of way, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you're doing your thing and, you know, that's all we need, right? Well, uh, you know, Heart by Heart is definitely contributing to the legacy of Heart. Mm -hmm. So when we go out and play and people hear about us playing, they will go out and purchase a Heart song, you know, maybe off iTunes or whatever, or they'll buy a Heart CD or whatever. And, and we're keeping the heart legacy alive in people's minds, just like, you know, Anna and Nancy are. So, and I think that's right that, you know, you're contributing to that. So it's not like you're like, you, you, you're taking anything from them as they're no, not. Taking yeah. And, and, you know, and we're not, we're honoring the songs and we're out there playing them with as much, you know, skill and and craftsmanship as we can and so we're we're really letting people know that you know these songs were produced and this is how they sound and this is how we play them we, you know of course we we try to rock up our the live show mm -hmm. so that it they sound more you know more rock than you know a record would but and and I think that if it was just like me to do it, and I said I'm going to start a heart band, you'd be like, "Who the fuck are you?" But I think the 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 charm is that you have the original members doing it. So if anything, if anyone has something to say, uh, you guys have a lot more leeway than just average Joe Schmo here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah, I love and the charm about it. And there are, you know, the, of course, there's a few uh, heart tribute bands out there, and but. You know, we're we're the one that, like you said, we have the original members, and we have excellent people that play with us, and so we really present the music, probably as good or better than you know, a lot of people could. And so, just winding down here, real quick, I just have one more real, more serious, real question for you, though, before we do shameless plugging, because I know you got a lot of touring to do, and you're coming here shortly. But with all the rock biopics coming out and that have been coming out, if they were to do a a, a, a biopic of you, is there someone who would want you would want to play you in a movie? I I I, could, I, could, I I would like to see. I love seeing biopics of, of 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 different artists. So like, why not have one? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Ann Wilson is, is a couple years ago was actually considering or had publicized that she had a biopic coming, uh -huh. and they were talking about who's going to portray her and who's going to portray Nancy and all that kind of stuff. But they never got around to the bass player. Mm. so you know i mean the the bass player role in heart i mean it's hard to to be really relevant when you know you've got ann wilson and nancy wilson and and it it's just hard and not you know and all i would hope that it would be a nice 
you know, fairly good looking, humble <laughs> uh, person that, you know, and which who enjoys playing music and, and want, you know, cause when I play music, I like to, it feels so good to play it that I smile. Mm-hmm. And that's, I would hope that somebody that would play me would, uh, instead of being, you know, overly serious and, you know, jumping up and down and with their guitar neck going like this all the yeah, time. That's not you. No, it's not me. So. And, and like, don't vilify you either. Like, come on. Like you were just a part of that puzzle piece as everyone else. So it's like, well, exactly. Like, like we were talking earlier, it's the charisma and the, and the chemistry that, that people pick up on and we had it for sure. Well, come on, Ann and Nancy, don't mess up this biopic. If it ever comes out, like, like well, don't, don't mess it up. Like, you know, but well, the, the biopic that Ann was talking about was, uh, it might, she made it sound like it was more about the Ann, Ann Wilson story rather than heart, you know? Mm-hmm. But we want to see the heart story, if anything. That's no right. offense, no offense to her, but like, no it, offense to anybody. But people want to see heart. That heart is the thing that that got them going. It wasn't oh. when you look up Barracuda and you look up these songs. It doesn't say Ann Wilson. You know what I mean? It says heart. Yeah, and in the beginning, the record company um, went to to Ann and Nancy and said, "Hey, look, you guys don't have to be heart. You can be Ann and Nancy Wilson." They did it though. And they, said, and they said, no, we want to be a band. We want to be heart. So and in the beginning, they chose to be in a band. And nowadays, maybe they want it, they wish they would have <laughs> picked their own route. out a little bit more and just been, you know, instead of being um, they could have been instead of being heart, it could have been like Pat Vanatar. Doesn't mm. her band doesn't have a name, it's just said Pat Vanatar. So, but we're heart and and we were known as heart and we made it as heart and people know us as heart. And so if anything, I think you win here because you still keep the body and the essence of what heart is, was, and continues to be um, even moving forward. So I think that's pretty bold of you guys to keep doing what you're doing, regardless if there's any negative take, if there is any negatives, uh, anything in the air, that's not the case here. Well, yeah. And you know, and we, 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 we kind of, if there's anything we understand, it's, it's, uh, it's our audience and the people that want to see us, they don't want to see us up there. Hey, we're reimagining magic <laughs> man. It's going to be acoustic now, you know, or whatever. It's magic so, man. Yeah. It's, we're going to play it. Like, like you remember it on the, it was the first song on Dreamboat Annie and you drop the needle and wham, there you go. Magic man. And that's Such a powerful yeah. sound too. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Well, thank you again for talking, uh, talking to me, had, taking this chain, to, this chain to like just have a little chat. I'm, I'm, I feel like a little enlightening to kind of like get into rock and roll history with you know one of the most recognizable uh, sounds that's ever touched pop culture. You know, very, very humbled and very honored to have the presence talk to you about this stuff. Uh, and I know we just kind of touched the surface, but you since Heart by Heart is touring currently, y'all have a show coming up. Can you do some shameless plugs? Where are you going? What's going on? Where can people find you? I want everyone to know Heart by Heart is a force to be reckoned with, and they are not going away. No, not going away anytime soon. So it's heartbyheart.com. 
has our full schedule. It has pictures. It has uh, snippets of our recordings. It has some videos of us playing. And then we have a, a heart by heart um, page on Facebook. And then each one of us has our own page on Facebook too. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have a heart by heart fan page, which we uh, our very good friends will upload videos of our shows on there. Well, regardless, it's going to be in Salem, Oregon, guys. It's going to be at the Bush Pasture Park, I believe. Yeah. There you Bush, go. Bush Pasture Park. Um, and uh, I don't know what the actual festival is either. So I'm a bad radio host, too, for not knowing the name. I just know it's it's five minutes from my house that way. Um, yeah, and I'm a terrible bass player for not knowing, too, because. Uh, <laughs> and uh, congrats. We're human. Uh, but either way, I'm going to I'm going to bring my son out there. We're all going to jam out. And oh, good. Yeah. We're going to have a good time because I want to head out and, 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 and what it was like to be there. If, if, if everything is what you said it was, I want to experience that for myself. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Bring your son. How old is your son? He is one month old. He is little, but he likes to jam out. <laughs> okay. Well, he might not remember too much about Magic Man, but he'll, he'll know someday. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I want to hopefully humble him and like, hopefully one thing he picks up from me is like, music and like love for appreciation for music um so i mean hopefully like i can be like when you're only like i took you to these shows i took you to these things heck yeah i'll post it and then we'll make sure to get it let everyone know and again uh we'll let everyone know here 98.3 kmwv salem oregon's community radio station down the rabbit hole podcast thank you again for joining us and and, and having this really enlightening conversation with me thank you and and this week it's on saturday i believe right and check it out, y'all. I think the weather's going to be really nice. So do you know, do you pronounce your name uh, Louis? Louis. Louis. Okay, good. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so this Saturday we'll be there. Uh, Down the Rabbit Hole podcast will be there. KMWV will be there because, I mean, we, we love posting music and things that happen. So definitely the radio station is going to come check it out. And we all want to experience uh, heart the way heart was meant to be experienced. So again, thank you so much. One more time. Can you give us the website where we can find you? Heartbyheart.com. Pretty straight ahead. Perfect. Thank you so much again. And uh, we'll see you there next week. Okay. Thank you, Louise. Have a good day. Thank you.